Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In just a few minutes. Right now, though, we have to go out to the Sports Carlton guest line to bring on a guest that you might know from Twitter. That's why I think I actually started seeing all the videos and the breakdowns of the Eagles. I was like, this is really interesting stuff. And I started watching it, started following Fran Duffy, who works for the Eagles, and he is the host of a couple of really good podcasts, Eagle Eye in the Sky. That's a weekly one on the birds. And then, of course, Journey to the Draft. And with the draft coming and the combine beginning, we thought Fran Duffy would be a good guest tonight. Fran, welcome to the evening show. How are you doing tonight, bud? Doing all right, Joe. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. And I appreciate you being here and, and kind of helping us get into draft season. It's funny, Fran, and I'm sure you're probably feeling this yourself a little bit. I feel like in typical years, we've probably gone through three, four, five weeks of draft talk already <laughs> here. And it's like, ah, oh, I'm just getting bored of it. But no, I'm really just starting to get into it now. I'm sure you have already broke down a lot of these guys. I know you do it at the end of the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, kind of look ahead and, and with some players here. But as you look at this draft, Fran, from a kind of a thousand foot view as the combine begins, what's your read on it? Is it a strong draft, weak draft? What do you see with the 2018 NFL draft? Well, I think, Joe, when you look at this class as a whole, maybe it doesn't have the blue chip talent that I think a lot of people would like to see on a typical year. But I think that there's a lot of really good players, especially when you start talking about, you know, from 15 to 55. I mean, it's, it's a really strong draft at the top when you talk about uh, some of these players that may not be the, the star wide receiver that's going to run a 4-3 at 6'4", or the, the corner that's going to run 4-2-5. But when you talk about some of these defensive linemen and you talk about some of these linebackers and the running back class is very good. Obviously, everybody talks about – these quarterbacks, which are all very talented, we could see five go in the first round ahead of the Eagles' selection at 32, uh, which would be obviously be great for the Birds. But I think when you're talking about oh, some of these strong positions, safety is another very good group. Cornerback is very good at the top. There are a lot of really talented players that I think it really helps to feed the depth overall in this class. Yeah, I think it's interesting. You mentioned they're 15 through 55, and I, I think that gives the Eagles potential a lot of options if they do trade in Nick Foles and maybe get a pick in there, or if they just try to trade out of 32, maybe get an early second-round pick at something else. Because, Fran, as I'm sure you've been talking about and, and kind of throwing into your mind with the research, the Eagles, particularly this year, don't have many picks. We're usually used to them having a ton of picks. They don't this year. So the strength of the class, that I find interesting because at 32, let's just say they sit there you think there's going to be a, a, you know, a series of good players there that they really could hone in on at 32, assuming they stay there? Yeah, and I think that it really is going to come down to, to how they view the draft. And if they've got uh, a number of players that are very close together on their board, then the, the potential would be there for them to potentially move back if they had somebody you know, behind them that would want to move up. Or if there's the possibility, that's what always happens in a class like this where you do have that depth is, if a lot of teams have a lot of players graded similarly and have them close together, well, you could see a player that, you know, if the Eagles have a, a top 15 grade on him, he now falls down to 32 just because that's how the draft falls. And so uh, it'll be something I'm sure that they'll look at 
throughout the course of this process, and once they get to draft night, uh, that's something that they'll approach once the situation comes about. Brand Duffy from the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, also host of a couple podcasts. The one that I think is apt right now, Journey to the Draft. As we look forward, the combine is beginning here, and uh, the Eagles eventually will be on the clock sometime in Dallas in late April. And, Fran, when you look forward to this draft, I think everything will flow off what happens with the quarterbacks. And it's fun here because quarterback isn't a need, and it's not something we're worried about like a couple years ago. But what's your take on the quarterbacks at the top of this draft? Because the more that go in the first round, theoretically, that just helps the Eagles because more good players or other positions could fall down. Exactly right. And I, I think when you look at this group as a whole, uh, obviously it's a very talented group. And, and all five of these guys, and those five are Sam Darnold from USC, Josh Rosen from UCLA, Josh Allen from Wyoming, Baker Mayfield, the Heisman winner from Oklahoma, and then Lamar Jackson from Louisville. And all five of these guys have their strengths and have something that a lot of teams are going to hang their hat on and say, this is why this guy is the top passer in this draft. But conversely, all five of them, you have some concerns. You know, Sam Darnold, to me, is the best one of the group. Uh, 6'4", 225 pounds, a sophomore, was very productive as a true freshman and helped lead USC uh, to a Rose Bowl victory over Penn State that we all kind of remember from this area. Darnold's a very impressive player, but this year he had issues with his accuracy. And, and to me, watching him, a lot of it was mechanical. A lot of people like to talk about his release, but I thought his footwork was a major issue for him this year, and that resulted in, in a drop in his accuracy. So that's something that he's going to work on throughout the course of this process and kind of prove to teams that it's something that he can get over and move past moving into the NFL. Josh Rosen is probably the cleanest of all five, and he, he's the one that I think is the most pro-ready in terms of how he looks on the field. There are just going to be questions about him away from the field, all kinds of reports about what he's like from a personality standpoint, but perhaps just as importantly, he had a couple concussions this year as a junior. Last year's season as a sophomore ended prematurely because of shoulder surgery, so there are all kinds of questions there. Josh Allen is maybe the has the highest upside of the group. He's 6'5". He's almost 240 pounds. He's got a howitzer for an arm. He can make any throw that you need him to. He's very athletic. The highs are very high. The lows are very low. He had made a lot of bad decisions in 2016 for some bad interceptions. He did cut those down this year, but he was still very erratic. And so there's some highs and lows. Baker Mayfield, you want to root for the kid. He's a two-time walk-on. He became a starter in the Big 12 for two different teams. Obviously was very productive won the Heisman Trophy this year, but he's going to be an outlier in a lot of key areas. You know, he, came, he comes from an offense that does not project well to the NFL. He's very much undersized, plays a style that doesn't really flow with a lot of old-school thinking in terms of the game. So he's going to be fighting an uphill battle in a lot of different areas. Obviously, there are some off-field issues there with him as well, and that's something that he's going to have to answer for this week in interviews. And then Lamar Jackson is uh, the closest thing to Michael Vick since Michael Vick. I mean, he, he's an explosive athlete. Uh, I think that there's obviously some issues there with him as a passer. He comes from an offense where, yeah, there are pro-style schemes in that offense with Bobby Petrino, but Bobby Petrino hasn't put a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that have had long-term success. So uh, he's obviously going to have an uphill battle as well in certain areas. So all five of these guys, Joe, I really do think that there's a chance that all five go before the Eagles. I think, though, that what the guy that you really want to watch here in Eagles, fam, is Lamar Jackson and his stock. And if Lamar Jackson, who won the Heisman Trophy in 2016 – falls down in that latter part of the first round, and he's dangling there, and somebody wants to try and make a move, he could be somebody that if he falls to the Eagles at 32, maybe there's another team that would want to try and make a move up and try and snag him and get that fifth-year option down the road. Interesting. Kind of like what happened with Teddy Bridgewater with the Minnesota Vikings a few years ago. Fran, 
Last year, and I always think it's interesting when you could kind of project and think about how a team drafts and you can start putting the pieces together. Okay, they might like this player because of this and past precedent. Last year, Joe Douglas arrived, and we saw the Eagles really put an emphasis, it seemed like at least, on college production. Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. one of the most productive college defensive ends ever. Danell Pumphrey, even though it's like we forgot his name, one of the best running backs production-wise ever in college football. Sure. Do you, in your study so far, have you seen any players that you look at and say, wow, they look good on tape, but I'm looking at the numbers. There's really good production. Are there any of those kind of star and like record breakers in this year's draft? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a very valid question. And I think when you look at around a different position, uh, there's a pass rusher down from the SEC who actually tied Derek Barnett's uh, sack record in the conference. And that's Marquise Haynes from Ole Miss, who was a four-year player for Ole Miss, and so he had a longer time to be able to do that. Derek Barnett, obviously a junior, when he declared last year. Uh, but Marquise Haynes is, is undersized. He's just over 230 pounds, and that's one of the things that uh, people are worried about with him. But when you talk about this guy that had 32 sacks in his career, 47 and a half tackles for loss, he's obviously a very explosive player. He's got some versatility. Some people think he can stand up and play as a linebacker off the ball as well. He was extremely productive. You look at, uh, you mentioned Donnell Pumphrey. The guy who backed up Pumphrey for the first three years of his career is uh, Rashad Penny. And so what does Rashad Penny do? Well, as he's a backup to Donnell Pumphrey, he leads the, the entire nation in kickoff returns for a touchdown. And then his senior season this past year, he gets his shot to be the starter. He leads the country in rushing, over 2,200 rushing yards for, uh, for Rashad Penny. He was extremely productive both as a runner and as a receiver. It was a really impressive uh, debut for him as a starter. He's over 220 pounds. I expect that he'll probably test pretty well this weekend here at the Combine. So it's going to be really interesting to watch how he's viewed moving forward. Uh, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, the wide receiver, he's 5'11", 200 pounds. In some ways reminds me of a Brandon Cooks coming out of Oregon State. He had over 230 catches in three years. He was a three-year starter. From day one, he was in the starting lineup for Texas A&M. And, and Kevin Sumlin out there started 39 games in three years was a big-time player and a huge part of that offense. Only 12.2 yards per catch, which is a low number over the course of his career. That's why some people believe he may only be a slot guy. I think he's got more vertical ability than that. I think in, the, in, a, in a different offense, he can be a downfield weapon. So those, those would be three guys that I would say you can keep an eye on from a production standpoint. Well, we will. And with the combine starting, I'll keep those names in mind. Fran, we got to do this again soon. Keep up the great work. Eagle eye in the sky on the Eagles. And, of course, journey to the draft. Those are the podcasts. Subscribe. And listen, Fran, really appreciate a few minutes here tonight. Joe, appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. There he goes. Fran Duffy. You see him on Eagles.com, on Twitter. It's like we have our own little mini young Mike Mayock there. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.